We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week, I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. I am so glad you're here, and I hope that you're enjoying what you're listening to and the guests that I've been having on. I've appreciated your feedback and your comments as well as your reviews. They mean so much to me. And um, it just helps me to know the type of content that you want to hear. This week is very exciting because I have a dear friend of mine on the show. Carrie Ford is the CEO and founder of Elevate with Carrie. And it's no wonder that that's what her brand is called because Carrie is one of the most elevated and elite um high-performing, conscious, powerful women that I know. And at the beginning of this episode, I share about the divine way in which our paths crossed. And it was no accident that we were introduced and kind of called into each other's lives and carry somebody who helps to elevate me as a woman, as a business owner, as a friend. Um, she's really somebody that I've been able to lean on and grow and learn from. And Carrie's also building not just a transformational coaching movement, but a luxury brand. And you're going to hear more about what she's doing and how you can take part at the end of this episode. So make sure you stay and stay tuned and stick around for all that she's doing and how you can get involved. She's also an international motivational speaker, event host, and she was just recently named top 100 visionaries in the health and wellness field. So she's truly a thought leader when it comes to whole body wellness because she's spoken alongside top experts, neuroscientists, doctors, you name it. And Carrie holds her own at those roundtable and panel discussions. I'm so proud of all the work that she's doing. And she's really just on a, a mission to empower millions of women to challenge diet culture 
to educate them on the science and psychology of intuitive eating and truly master self-love from the inside out. And you know, that's what I am all about. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode, but one of the things I wanted to share before we dive in is something that came up for me um, recently. And I had a little bit of um, uh, a scare. I had been down at the beach for July 4th um, last week or the week before and been out in the sun a couple of days. And when I came back, I noticed that a a mole that I had on my stomach uh, had changed pretty significantly. And it was kind of uh, drastic and shocking to me. And immediately I noticed my mind go into fear and panic and what ifs and worst case scenarios. And if you've ever had something like that happen to you or really anything in your life that is kind of a crack or the way I like to describe this is like the fault line. So imagine you're walking across a frozen lake and there is a crack that begins to form. And no matter how optimistic or brave you might be, but panic comes over you. And that's how I felt in this moment. And I became fearful and tense and I wanted stable ground immediately. And it's that energy of walking on eggshells or that dynamic of sensing that something is ready to break open into chaos that is kind of that energy of the fault line that a lot of us experience. And what I've recognized is that this cracking open is oftentimes overdue. It's oftentimes something we've avoided looking at, um, like what the terrible tragedy that happened in Miami with the collapse of that condo building. You know, there were cracks. There were cracks that, that showed that there need to be needed to be repairs done on that building. And when things like that go on, go ignored in our life, things crumble. And these fault lines develop slowly and naturally, and typically they form underlying the pressures of the elements that they're around. And so when this type of thing comes up in our life, it's, a warning. It's a warning sign not to deny the shakiness that you might be standing on. So it's much better to, in my opinion, prepare ourselves for the change that we're walking into instead of just ignoring it and pretending like all is well. Because when we ignore the the signs that our body is giving us, maybe it's our anxiety, our depression, maybe it's yeah, a mole that's changed colors like I'm having to 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 look at. May you know, these things are all trying to give us a message, trying to tell us that something is not right in our lives. Maybe it's just this never-ending dull ache in your heart that you have been trying to avoid and trying to numb with all different types of strategies and tactics and maybe it's work that you've busied yourself with. You're standing on a fault line and we can't ignore it. And so the truth is there's no easy fix to whatever that situation is because it's going to require a fundamental shift. And that shift alters the current dynamics 
from the ground up. So a lot of times we're being forced to redefine our reality, to break open from the inside out. And that's what this conversation really is about with Carrie today. It's about how do we listen to the signs, the warning signs of our life and our body and what it's trying to tell us and actually begin to listen and how do we reestablish um, a, a relationship to our body, to ourself, to our intuition that allows us to embark on a path to wholeness? And so I hope you enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Carrie Ford. Welcome, Carrie, to the show. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you, Tori. I'm happy to be it's here. It's good to just see your face. And it's been, we were talking about right before we hit record. It's been a while just for, for you guys listening. Carrie is somebody that I've gotten to know over the past, how long has it been now? Four or five months? And yeah, four or five months. we had our our paths crossed by um, being online on social media in a clubhouse room. And I absolutely loved <laughs> what Carrie was talking about and the way that she presented herself. And clubhouse is an interesting app because you can't see anybody. And you can't see her now when you're listening to the show, but she's absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous and she just radiates when she speaks. But that came through on this clubhouse room where I could not see her. I could just hear her and I could hear her passion, her wisdom. Just she spoke from a deeply um present place within herself. And it just reminded me of somebody who's just lived through a lot of things and has come out on the other side with with wisdom to share. And so I'm excited for you to to share a little bit about that journey for you, Carrie, as somebody now who is able to touch hundreds and thousands of women's lives through self-love, internal transformation, and rebuilding and reestablishing a relationship to self and, and body. What has that journey been like for you? How did you get to where you are today? In a long story short, I'm 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 sure, but give us the give us the the meat of what that was like for you. How did you get to this point? Yeah, uh, I think with every breakdown, um, it's been a really beautiful gift because it's made me search for more of myself in that pain. And while I don't love pain being the teacher, oftentimes it is um, because it has you seeking peace and relief and um, really trying to get clarity on whatever that next step is to to break free from that. And so for me, uh, a couple of those things were my eating disorder. I was anorexic in college, um, which was roughly, you know, 15 plus years ago now. But um, that was a huge that was a huge catalyst for change for me. And at the time I was kind of in the dance of the emotional swirl of it all. Um, and I didn't recognize how much of a role that would play in the work that I do now with women, but what a gift I would never take it back. And then the second thing that occurred in my life was my divorce, uh, which had me question every belief system, every set of rules, um, and everything I thought I should do in the order I thought I should do it. Uh, and why I ultimately still felt unfulfilled when I picked my head up out of a story that I had co-created. Yeah. I mean, what 
were those takeaways after going through and battling an eating disorder and then divorce, what were some of those beliefs that you were confronted with that you had to redefine or relook at in order to grow mm -hmm. to that next chapter of your life? Yeah, I realized that I used a mask of perfection and performance often to keep myself from fully being seen. But ultimately, all I really wanted was to be seen. Uh, and what that means is to be vulnerable and to be a mess and let go of how that could be perceived and to do things my way, even if it wasn't accepted by my parents or other people or to be weird and let my hair down, you know, to let go of this very uptight energy of um, having to behave or or look a certain way. So the exploration of that was entangled in both of those, you know, my eating disorder and my divorce, because I was the good girl. I did everything the way I thought I was supposed to. Um, I, and I, and at, at a, at a masochistic level would do anything to maintain a specific persona. Yeah. I have lived that myself. I know what that's like and the process of identifying the mask and then consciously putting it down to mm -hmm. live a life that feels exposing, but also is the only path to truly being seen for seeing ourselves and allowing other people yeah. in. What do you think in your experience from working with hundreds of women around these types of topics, what are the things that hold people back most when it comes to reestablishing um, a relationship, a healthy relationship to food or their body, or just reclaiming the power that is theirs and has been their, their entire life, whether they realize it or not. Yeah. Uh, permission is a huge thing that comes up, especially because most of my clients are a previous version of myself. And, um, I know you, Tori, are an Enneagram three. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Most of my clients are ones and threes. And I don't think there's any coincidence. I'm also a one. And the one on the Enneagram is the perfectionist, the reformer, very much uh, self-governing in terms of rules and principles that I have made up in my own mind, my own self-imprisonment, if you will. And for you, often threes, um, this idea of what per performance and achievement looks like, but ultimately what is being sought on the other side of that is the the accolades, the praise, the acceptance. Um, but here's the thing. It's only as good as our last fix, I have discovered. And so if we break down the getting of the thing we think we ultimately want, which is the acceptance and the belonging and the praise and the love and ultimately love, mm -hmm. right? Um, then we have to figure out a new way to, to source that. And it becomes just this quest to lean in to, to allow ourselves to be loved, to receive, to not chase. Um, and to, to know that our freedom exists by just giving ourselves permission there. So are you saying so for the woman that, that might be on a mission to lose a certain amount of weight, right? So mm -hmm. that when she actually achieves that goal, if she's an Enneagram three, like me, really motivated mm -hmm. by, you know, hitting goals and targets and the good feeling that comes when everybody notices and recognizes you for that. So she hit the weight, but, and it's the love that she thought she would attain by getting there. 
So mm-hmm. if love was in the the number on the scale, now love just is put in another next accolade or thing she needs to acquire. Is that what you're saying? And you, yeah, usually in terms of weight loss, it becomes the next goal mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, I'm still not satisfied. I'm still not happy, confident, free, joyful, all of these feelings we seek on the other end of having achieved this goal that we think is going to then supplement us with the feelings that we want. Um, we're like, oh, it must be because I need to be stricter or I need to pursue the next goal because, right, you're never as good as your last fix. Um, and many times this results in more restricted eating, additional workouts, two a days. And then they think, oh, my body's broken or I'm not motivated. Um, if they're not seeing, you know, the scale move enough. Yeah. So, but, but here's the thing, even if they achieve it, they may still not feel satisfied. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And I think that's, it's when we get to those points where I thought this was going to make me feel a certain way. I thought this would make me happy then it's coaches like you that because a lot of people will just keep on the hamster wheel, but you help people to self-reflect and be like, okay, if it's not in this, where is it? Right. And it's an inward journey that we have to go on at that point. Um, Would you say, I mean, what are, who are the types of people that tend to come to work with you and why, what are, what are their specific problems or complaints that they might be facing that would cause somebody to work with you? And what are the specific types of things that you help people work on? Because I know we've talked, we're talking kind of broadly and vaguely about a couple of these concepts, but I want to really get clear for folks listening um, to understand what is it that you exactly do and what do you help people with? Before we continue, I want to take a moment to remind you about my signature coaching program called Coachable U. Coachable University is an experiential learning laboratory for accelerated growth and immersive healing for ultimately lasting transformation. And it is backed by 40 years of science-based methodologies so that you can create consistent, predictable, and powerful results in your body, relationships, career, and your bank account for years to come. If you are tired of treading water, you're tired of feeling stuck, it is time to gain the strategies, tools, and experiences to move your life and business to the next level. And in our level one foundations seminar, we are going to help you do that. It's a two and a half day virtual experience that is unlike anything else because it's experiential, it's immersive, and we get down to doing the work, not just talking about it. So if you want to join us July 23rd through the 25th. We have a few spots available and we would love to serve you in this container. Again, this is the best way you can work with me right now. And I promise you the results that you will get from this are unlike anything you've ever done in another long drawn out course or program that spends weeks and weeks for you to get this transformation yet every single week or halfway through it you find yourself just defaulting right back to the same things habits and behaviors you were before that is what we are here to put a stop to and really give you the experiences that you need to shift so if you want to join us join us for foundations seminar july 23rd through the 25th you can register at the link in the show notes you can also find 
find this at Coach Tori Gordon on any social platform, always at the link in my bio. Until then, I hope to see you in the seminar in July. But without further ado, we'll get back to the episode. Yeah, I work with very successful women um, that are having trouble figuring out this part of their life. So they are like, hey, I'm super accomplished. I've written the book. I've been on TV. I've done these things. I'm already a seven, eight figure earner. And I still feel like my outside doesn't match my inside. Mm-hmm. I still feel like I don't, uh, there's something that's not adding up. There's still something I have yet to figure out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's sort of like this energy of a missing puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while my access point is through wellness and food and body, it's really just like giving them the access to all of themselves. And what does that look like when someone begins to become aware that maybe they haven't been accessing or had access to all of themselves? What what becomes available to someone who does? And what are the characteristics of someone who is operating from wholeness? Because that's what you're really talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I love this question. So the first question you asked was, what are kind of the characteristics of someone that is not experiencing mm-hmm. that? Um, a question I asked in a recent post was, are you really fulfilling your deeper why and life purpose? Or are you just doing things to make money? Mm-hmm. Um. And there's a reason I like to work with entrepreneurs, CEOs, and coaches. It's because we know that there's a better way to do things and we're willing to be the pioneers of our own path. Um, But oftentimes we still question our own intuitive guidance. So someone that is in the characteristic of, in the characteristics of seeking wholeness, if you will, they're oftentimes probably calling in some level of chaos Mm -hmm. Like they're busy being busy, but not feeling very purposeful, Mm -hmm. which leads to feeling not productive, which leads them to seek more things on their plate. So they overcommit. They often tell me they don't have enough. They don't have a lot of time. Time is an issue for them. Their relationship with time is really a reflection of lack of intimacy with self. Um, They also, because of this time issue, perceived time issue, then they don't have time to work out and they have no issue we have this, we have this uh, um, self-love daily deposit worksheet in my group program and in my one-to-ones. And we talk about where you're filling each self-love, uh, making daily deposits of self-love in four of the categories that I coach on. Um, and business being one of the four Bs is no problem. That's like their default. Yep. Like motivation is not an issue. In fact, they're confused about why they are experiencing this dissonance or lack of success by way of weight loss or why they feel like they're not in their divine body because anything else they have set their mind to, they've been able to achieve and conquer. So that there's a level of confusion. It's like, well, I've been able to force and overwork and, you know, motivate myself with this. And I'm like, yeah, but what's the source of your motivation? Yep. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. And what typically for people who've been able to accomplish and get things done in every area of their life except this, what is it that they typically find? Why is relationship to their own body such a block for many people? A couple things. Um, For those that tend to be overeaters and binge eaters, there's a part of themselves that actually feels like their truth is being the fat girl. 
So their identity is so wrapped up in that. Yeah, and they will disagree at first, but I encourage them to ask their sit and ask their body if that on some level feels true. If they're really allowed to lose weight mm. because they feel like they can't have it. So it keeps them in the chasing, right? So uh, oftentimes for binging and overeating, that that tends to be the case because someone somewhere told them that they were the fat girl and then they kind of adopted that set of beliefs. And so what do they do? They take action from the space to keep that true because the other side of that is unfamiliar and therefore scary. Mm-hmm. Do you also find, and I'm, I'm asking this question from a trauma background, that mm-hmm. people unconsciously hold on to weight, emotional weight, as a form of self-protection? Mm-hmm. Because if I were to be the ideal weight I want to be or to be living and operating in my divine body, as you put it, what would happen? How would things change? People might actually see me and that might be for our nervous system and for our body feel very, very unsafe or very scary. Exactly. So this is where we experience what looks like self-sabotage, but is really self-protection to keep the same story going. Because again, it, the identity shift required, and this is the work I do with women is prepare their identity to shift in the direction they actually want it to, and then watch their body manifest as a result. I have. And their actions too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm shaking my head and laughing. Y'all can't see me, but I'm doing that because I've been on this journey myself. And this is an area personally I had struggled with consistently for years as an adult. Mm-hmm. I had struggled with it as a kid, but I was very athletic and I had sports and built in activity and that type of thing, but I didn't have, um, the motivation or the discipline, uh, Mm -hmm. sustainable over time. I would go in spurts. And as somebody who's all about performance, if I had something coming up, I would work really hard. And then I had this crash and then I would work really hard. And then I would have this crash. And I, as I have been on my own healing journey over the last few years, Um, it became evident that, um, one, I wanted to build an established relationship to body where it was my, it was my lifestyle to honor and take care of, of this vessel, the container that I'm in. I had a recent scare, um, which I still don't know about what it is, but I've had something come up on my skin, um, that's needs to get checked out by dermatologist. And it's just this constant reminder, whether it's our body's are not operating the way we want them to, or maybe there's something scary that's Mm -hmm. happening. Anytime our body is feeling out of control, what do we want to do? We want to immediately get control of it, but also it just reminds us of how precious for me, how precious my body is. And I had spent so Mm -hmm. many years judging, criticizing, wanting to trade it in for another one. And then there was this flip of a switch for me when I first encountered breath, which showed me how powerful I am and how unaware of that truth I had been my whole life. Mm -hmm. And reestablishing that was the doorway for me into true self-acceptance and self-love. And that has allowed me to create a a lifestyle of taking care, eating, working out consistently, where it was always felt like a forced struggle, like something I had Mm -hmm. to, to 
talk myself into or judge myself into. You need to get in the gym or else you're going to look like mm-hmm. crap. Sure. And your experience, it's no surprise, your experience of what you thought it required of you to get in shape or look a certain way became almost weaponized. So like, how could you want to seek a lifestyle out of that energy when it was like, this feels so hard and like it needs to be miserable in order for it to work? That's not sustainable. So I think people are often seeking what they call balance and consistency, but also knowing that what you're doing, um, even if it feels small, is it adds up into a bigger landscape and it is enough. So, you know, I'll tell clients, you know, the, the workout that's best is the one you want to do and your body will speak. And I've come up with a process called body speak, where it's a blend of somatic work and, uh, meditation work to sit and listen and be intimate with our body because you're always getting exactly what's true for you at least in whatever moment that is. So if it's a rash or it's back pain or it's digestion issues, if you really ask your body why it's there, it will tell you. Because the emotional body manifests as the physical body to go back to your point around emotional weight. It's all the same. But it's wrapped around what's true. Yeah, You're always getting that. Can you define somatic work for those that might not be familiar Somatic work is the mind-body connection through trapped energy in the body being released so that you can feel liberated, yes, in terms of belief system, learn how to listen to what your body says to you on a cellular conscious level, um, and also reveals you know, trapped memories that have left an imprint in the emotional body that are still occurring um, in the physical body. So what that can look and feel like is Uh, For example, if someone were to bring up a a memory and it feels very alive in your body and you're activated, that is trapped energy. If you weren't triggered any longer and it was truly healed, it would feel very neutral. And I call that the waterproof rain jacket energy where it's sort of it's raining, but it's just beating off of you. And you're like not one way or the other. But if it's still triggering you, it's still active and alive in your body. That's something to be healed because time doesn't heal wounds. Feeling feelings does. Mm -hmm. You got to feel to heal. I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. I actually, yeah, that's your, yeah, exactly. And I had an experience. Um, this is something that I've been taught by from one of my coaches and mentors, but it's a, actually a, a process. It's a somatic process that involves getting, going into a meditation and, and dropping into the truth of who you are in this moment and then setting up a chair mm-hmm opposite of you and leaving that chair empty. And you can put a lot of different things in that chair. You can put someone you need to speak to. You can put, yeah, maybe there's something going on within your body that you're frustrated with. Maybe it's an inner, your inner child. Maybe for me recently, I put um, one of my parts. So for those who don't know, Mm -hmm. I do a lot of work with internal family systems and parts work and there's lots of different parts of us, the number who eats to numb feelings might be a part of you, right? Mm-hmm. I have a, a, a controlling part. We might have an avoider. We might have a people pleaser part. We might have um, a hyper aware part, an anxious part. All these different parts of us are carried within our body. And so I actually put my controller in the other seat across from me and I had a dialogue with this part and I, 
by actually separating it from who I am, I was able to ask it, what age are you? Like how old, when did you start to, to develop? And I could see that it started right around the age of 10, 11, 12. And I was playing softball and I was the pitcher and I was involved in every play of the game. And so I started to feel like I had to control. I had to be involved in everything and I had to lead. Mm. And I felt like there was a lot of pressure from the team, from everybody was looking up to me to, to lead. And I had to know the answers. And so that controlling part started to establish very young for me and then it's manifested in my body and it's manifested in my life and in my relationships in all different ways. But until I was able to distinguish that that's not me, it's a protector. Mm -hmm. It's something that has protected me and helped me to get through life. Um, It's given me the ability to see that I'm not that piece of me. And I actually have the ability to choose if I want to, continue that relationship with it. So I actually gave it a new role to play. I said, instead of being the controller, why don't you help me to like open my heart and that's your new job instead of um, try to (laughs) dictate how everything happens all the time. I love that. Yeah. And I I think dialoguing with those energies or those parts, um, whatever way feels divinely guided is the right way, you know? Um, whatever way is going to allow you to access those places within yourself that basically have an unmet need. Hey, you're safe. You can let go now. I love you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the lessons. I, I, I honor you for how, how resourceful and how smart you were to be created at all. Yeah. I am really smart for creating a survival pattern that helped protect me. How loving actually of myself. And the path to integration becomes this, I see you, I hear you, I allow it. And like you said, just dialoguing to be seen sometimes just makes it go away or less prickly. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any, do you have a process that you take people through to kind of find out these things about them? What's really stuck or what's really blocking them from mm-hmm. establishing this type of relationship to themselves and their bodies? What is that? What does that look like for you, for your clients? Yeah. So most of my one-to-one clients, uh, we work for a minimum of six months together. Um, each phase takes roughly two months. Again, I don't force something that you know, it wouldn't be compassionate for me to force a client to arrive at a phase that they're not ready for. But it looks like this. First, it's expansion, which is awareness and exploration around why we do the things we do and just familiarizing myself with some of their patterns. Uh, we also introduce food mapping, which is a process that I created uh, where we literally go in and we chronologically start to organize food triggers uh, emotional currency, right? The positive or negative emotional charge around certain foods and why, where it, where it happened. Cause there's a parallel in our life to where that was also first incepted. Uh, the second phase is then evolution, which is taking more aligned action, uh, establishing those automated healthy habits, uh, really starting to practice and anchor in, um, and also really exploring our uh, definition of what our relationship was with discipline. Uh, Because as Jocko says, discipline equals freedom. 
Uh, but if we're weaponizing discipline, like in your case, Tori, you're not going to want to even establish a lifestyle that's even reminiscent of that because yep. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. And then the last step is evolution. That's the last phase where we actually master and embody. I'm sorry, did I say evolution? It's embodiment. Uh, where We start to practice and master um, this new way of being, the actual identity shift. And and this process can continue to go around and around. It's like Yeah, it definitely is. And <laughs> I I love that though, that you take people through those steps because for so many of us, we just need that structure, like framework. We don't have to maybe it's nice to know that you know all the steps as they're unfolding for they us. But know. they don't you know, <laughs> yeah. But we we're confident and trust that there's a road to walk and you know that road because you've walked it mm-hmm. yourself and it is one that we will continue to to go down throughout our journey. One thing that's important that has been something that's come up in my life a lot and I know this is a topic that you're passionate about, which is rest and being and relaxation when it comes to productivity, especially for high mm. achievers and high performers. Um what is your take on um, balance, true balance, and how to be the most productive we can be in every area? Yeah. If you, if you imagine a plank and it's got a ball and the ball can move toward one end or the other, our balance threshold or our ability to, quote unquote, create balance, right, whatever that really even means, moves depending on the season and current commitments in our life. So for example, maybe we're getting a certification or we've gone back for continued education. We've just had a kid. We're moving. Uh, we've just opened another service in our coaching practice, or we've taken on another project uh, as the CEO of our company. That ball moves and the way that we balance things starts to feel different at different times. So for a period of time, the gradient of healing for me looked like slow mornings. It looked like lots of extra sleep. It looked like not having to be anywhere at any specific time and being okay with that. It also looked like taking a nap and not letting it mean anything about me because as a high performance woman, my ego wants to make it mean I'm lazy or that I might not work or I might lose clients because there's this lack that comes up if you're not quote unquote being productive. But here's the thing. We actually only have about two hours of product productive time. And of that productive time in a day, there are specific times where we are at our highest peak of focus. And for me, that feels like right around this sweet spot right now between 10 and one. So that's when I schedule my think time, my creative time, my writing time, uh, business development. And I try to schedule other meetings and things outside of that time. Um, So I think it depends on where you're at, what season you're in. And what are we ultimately seeking by way of balance? What does that mean? Does it mean we feel centered? Does it mean we feel healthy and energetic? Um, Because I have found that if we've got a lot of our basic needs, which are often neglected, met, then we're going to feel more successful just by way of being more in our body. So that's going to look like sleep, exercise, water, nourishment. Yeah. And probably meditation to connect to self. Yeah. That's so true. The great, I love how you said the gradient for healing, you know, at certain times has looked differently for you. And that has certainly been the case for me. Yeah. 
Because high performers too, we get attached to this self-governed way of being. Success looks like this, therefore I need to do this all the time in order to be successful. But the gradient of healing in this moment could look different. So right now, my gradient of healing is the exploration of my relationship with discipline. What does it look like now to wake up early, start my day before the day can potentially run me or the kids wake up? What does that look like? Because right now it feels really self-loving to actually wake up early. Yep. A few months ago, I probably wouldn't have said exactly. that. That is same for me because I, after doing something once, getting up early, immediately consciously moving my body, building in mindful movement um, and doing that, you know, not always just going into a strength training workout, but like having mindful movement is not what I used to do where I used to have very slow mornings, not, you know, I would give myself till 11 o'clock to actually get into business, you know, and I needed that at a time. And now the most loving thing I can do for myself is get, have my time early, early in the day. And all of the things that come as a byproduct of that, the energy, the clarity, the, just the focus that I'm able to have throughout the day, instead of feeling overwhelmed because, uh, and now Mm -hmm. guilty because there's something else on my plate, which is I need to spend time with myself and go work out and meditate. And I'll just cram that in when I can. And now I'm in a perpetual state of either putting it off and now I'm judging myself for that or just adding to my own overwhelm. And so I totally get that. One of the things that you have coming up that I'm I'm really excited to hear more about is um, your luxury retreat for women who mm-hmm. are kind of exactly the type of woman we're talking about here. Can you talk a little about Sanctuary, the concept, and how that originated and mm-hmm. what it is for anybody that might be listening and loving this conversation and, and want to know more? Yeah. So my business partner and co-creator, Lauren Zoller, and I, uh, you guys may know she's a, a dating and relationship expert and also speaks a lot into somatic work and the divine feminine and healing our inner child. Um, she and I are putting together a series of luxury retreats and we rented a private island, uh, out in the British Virgin Islands. So, uh, the first of a series and a larger, bigger picture landscape here is September 10th through the 14th. And this is created for the 1% woman. So the 1% woman, as we define it, is a woman that is building a life on her terms. And at the same time, you know this, Tori, because you and I have talked about this. We manifested our friendship here in Atlanta together, actually, which is so beautiful. We were saying it gets lonely at the top, right? And it's not because we're above anybody, but it's because this way of being and this way of of living and exploration and consciousness, um, it does start to, as you ascend, make your circle smaller. But just because our circle gets smaller doesn't mean we stop rising. We rise together and we want to bring others with us. And we also want to connect those women that are already in this work that are at the top um, and doing really amazing big things in the world. So this is for the 1% woman uh, that is successful in her business um, and is probably probably looking for her next level you know, self. She, she's probably already playing a big game and on some level knows she's still playing small. So we're, we're here to lovingly call you out on that and, uh, challenge you so that you can 
rise and rebirth your next up level. And we're going to do that by taking women out of their normal environment and putting them in a completely new healing environment in the British Virgin Islands uh, with a once in a lifetime opportunity and experience. Mm. I have seen the retreat, like I've seen the facility and the house and all the, the, the grounds. It is immaculate. It is so beautiful. So Amazing. whoever goes on this trip, you will have the time of your life. I can yeah. guarantee it. And Lauren and Carrie are both exceptional women. And I am very intentional about who I surround myself with. And they're both women that it was it was a divine kind of encounter when we all got to to meet and it's only made me better. And I appreciate you. I appreciate the work that you do in the world and how you show up and how you invite people into the a new way of being and living and operating uh, from a place of presence and true joy and acceptance and love. And that's what we need more of in the world more carry forwards. So if people want to stay in touch, know more about Sanctuary or any of your other group or one-on-one coaching programs, what's the best way for people to contact you or find you online? Yeah. The best way is to go to my website at elevatewithcarrie.com. And you can also find us on Instagram, both with our Sanctuary Retreats handle or my personal one, which is the carry forward or shift with Sanctuary. Mm. Love it. You guys go check it out. All of those links will be in the show notes. So make sure, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please tag us, take a screenshot, let us know what stuck out to you, what you loved, and um, help us to know how to make more content that is hitting home for you. The 1% woman we know you're out there. We know that you're listening and we love you. You're not alone. There are others that uh, are here to, to surround you and to we can all elevate together. So I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Until next time, I love you and we'll see you next week. You guys, if you love this show, do me a favor. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel called, leave a review. I would love to hear how the show is impacting you. But not only that, be a hero to somebody and share it with somebody in your life that needs to hear it.